0: Week eight is in the books, and Penn State comes away with a 33 28 victory over Indiana. It wasn't pretty, but a win is a win, snaps a two game losing streak, and we got a whole lot to talk about. Let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. It is Monday, October 22nd. Nittany Lions improved to 5-2. and two. We snapped a two-game losing streak. Thank God. Um, after not winning a billion dollars on the Mega Millions, I really needed this one. So it was not the prettiest game, but, uh, but uplifting for my spirits. Pat, what's your overall thoughts on the game?
1: Uh, well, let me tell you. So we improved to 5-2, and two, and I would say we're using improved very loosely here. Uh, Fair. <laughs> There was not a lot of improvement in this game. It was a hard one to watch, especially against a team that you know we're better than, you know we should be blowing out. He, like, even the announcers were saying during the game that we have more talent than, and just really played down. Um, yeah, You'd like to see that we still were able to sneak out a win. Um, there is something to be said for that, that when things aren't going your way, you can still pull out a win. But a game like this just never should have been this close.
0: I, I'm, but like, I, I I don't know how good this team is. I think that size says it all because that's exactly how I felt watching the whole game. Like, opening kickoff return, opening drive, like, okay, this is going to be it. We're finally going to have a blowout. You know, that that was my prediction. My my one and only bet that I made was Penn State to score more than 35 because I thought, man, of course, like Ohio State, I think, dropped 49 on them. Iowa dropped 42. I was like, our well, offense is good enough. Needless to say, I lost that bet. Um, but, yeah, just every time that, you know, a drive would stall out or they would have a quick momentum drive, I would just sit there and go, is this really happening again? Um, so that's an interesting point about, you know, finding finding ways to win even when things aren't going right. So I um, want to go over a stat I saw on Twitter and I tweeted this out. want to get your take on it. So Mike Zancoli, Mike Zancoli, I don't know who you are, but shout out to you. Uh, he tweeted, um, because I'm a loser, I did some digging. Ohio State versus Penn State. Since Penn State won the Big Ten in 2016, Ohio State got in the playoff. Since then, OSU has lost a total of four games by 106 points. Penn State has lost five by a total of 12. I don't know exactly what he was trying to get out of this tweet, but what I took from it, not even trying to compare the two teams, because that's what a lot of people are going to say. is like, oh, are you trying to say that you're actually better than Ohio State? No, I'm not. Obviously, that's evident by the games that we've played them head-to-head. We've lost them. But my question is, Which would you rather have? Like these very close, close losses or you get blown out four times and then you dominate all of your other games? Like which one in your mind is better, so to say? That's hard because the thing about –
1: so the close losses are more painful but that's really difficult as like an Ohio State team to think that you're the best team in the country maybe and then
0: just get smacked. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later, but that was a shit pumping like Purdue. I mean, spoiler makers, man, they, uh, yeah. they took them to work. So yeah, I honestly don't know because I, I think what we've been saying for a while. And, and again, that narrative until we lose a big one, you're going to hear. And today's last five losses has been by 12 points. Um, ESPN actually had a graphic up of like what we led by in each of those games. Uh, and that was I, one of the accounts put it up was like, this is why I have trust issues. Yeah. Um, but interesting response from, from our friend Jake over at the Urban Renewal Ohio State podcast. He said, big losses normally make change. Close losses make you feel like you're almost there. Big losses suck and are, and are embarrassing, but we get a whole new offense. You know, there are glaring problems. If it's a close loss, we think things are okay. Getting blown out puts an emphasis on those issues, which I kind of agree with. That's a good point. Yeah, and I didn't think about it that way. And I'm sitting there because like we, we've said, like, oh, we're so close. We're right there. We're right there. But man, after being right there against Ohio State, we flat out lose to Michigan State and then come out pretty flat and ugly against Indiana. Shit, maybe a blowout would kind of make us address some things. Now, before you hang up on this episode, I do not want us to get blown out at any point, but interesting topic to think about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think maybe that mm-hmm. makes you address things as a fan, but you, you look at like coaches, right. this is what they do for a living. They're, they're addressing problems like this
0: in wins we just don't see us. i mean you hope so right and uh, yeah you have to trust that and franklin has, has said that like hey we coach them harder after a win because we don't want to get complacent we don't want to yeah. get comfortable but shit i mean the results don't always say that yeah i think maybe there's more
1: outside pressure to make those big changes after a, a blowout loss yeah but i don't think the coaches themselves like are even in those tight losses i i a loss, a weakness is getting exposed either way. Yeah. You know,
0: no matter how tight that loss is. Yeah. I think that's fair. And and I, again, I really don't want to be negative. I was, uh, I was definitely negative Nancy this week. I was mixing it up on Twitter a little bit more than normal. Uh, the Brit, the bar we normally go to was uh, was pretty dead. I guess people wanted, didn't want to get up for a, a 1230 against Indiana out here on the West coast. Uh, so I had a, had a couple of pictures of Miller light, we'll say. And Man, I was just, I, I was trying so hard not to be negative, but it was really easy. So we're going to put that aside. We're going to get into our normal stuff. And listen, it's a win, right? We'll talk about all the bad. We'll talk about all the ugly, but it is a win. Uh, so let's start off with the good stuff here. So every week, Pat and I break down your lion and your lamb of the week, MVP, LVP. Uh, so let's start with the, with the good stuff. Lion, who is your lion of the week? Ah. Uh. Come on. I, 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 hear, I hear the sadness, the distress. You're, you're not super excited about it, but give the people something. You know what? I'm actually going to give my line to Tommy
1: Stevens. Finally showing up. Gets one pass, throws a touchdown. But a, a guy who made the sacrifice of staying in this program when he probably could have been a starting quarterback in a lot of spots and dealt with injuries at the beginning of the season, and then even after getting over his injury, just hasn't seen the amount of action that I bet he wants to. And he finally showed up and got to make an impact on the offense this week. Yeah, Tommy time. It was fun.
0: I mean, everyone's been calling for it. And, I would like uh, to see more of it. Yeah. And we finally got to see some of it. We did. And I was really happy with it because Tommy Stevens, he's a kid from Indiana. Um, I don't know if he ever actually committed to Indiana, but I know he was heavily recruited by them. So being back in his home state, I'm sure a lot of friends and family were there. It was good to see Franklin Rani, kind of give him those opportunities. So uh looks like the Lion Package was used five times. Pretty, Pretty good results. So. Uh, first one was an incomplete pass from McSorley to Hamler. That happens next McSorley 44 yard rush. So obviously you got to respect Tommy. McSorley's able to take off. Um, they connected on one pass McSorley to Stevens for no gain. Uh, and then Tommy hits the 23 yard touchdown. Uh, and then there was one pass McSorley to Stevens for two yards. So all, in all exciting stuff. And, and yeah, I think like I said, the fan base, uh, it's one of those little things that even if it doesn't change the game, it's just, it's exciting to see. And, Shit, the touchdown pass was beautiful, man. It was, yeah. It was really, really nice. All right, my line. Um, I, I had a, not a tough time picking one, but I, I again, I feel like we we lean offense a lot. And Trace had a, a decent game, but you I know, didn't really want to go there. Miles, I think, is an easy one to pick as well, and I'm sure we'll talk about him in, in some of our sections here. Um, but I went defense, and... Overall, I didn't think the defense played exceptionally well, which I'm sure I'll talk about a little bit did. later. But my line is going to be Shaka Tony. That's a good one. Four sacks in about six minutes. I mean, the guy was just relentless. Uh, he's one of my favorite defensive ends. And, and I think I, I think I've realized like my favorite position is defensive end. Like I love Sharif Miller, talked about Yeter all year and, and Shaka Tony, He's just such, such a presence off the edge. He's got such quickness that. Again, I've talked about this. He's not the not necessarily the power guy, but he just blows by yeah. these tackles. And Actually,
1: I as for as much crap as I give our defensive line, I, I really like our defensive ends. Uh, yeah, they've been our playing, defensive tackles. On the other hand, that's another I'm story. Really not a fan. Of,
0: <laughs> that's another story. Um, I, I should
1: say I'm not a fan, of but need needs a lot of improvement.
0: Right, but but Shaka, I mean, it was you know, like I said, six minute stretch. He gets four sacks in, in a time where again, Indiana was kind of moving the ball at will at points. So that was really really huge. Um, He's gotten some accolades already from for different awards. Uh, six total sacks, so four from Shaka, two from Yeter. Um, something we haven't talked about in a little bit. That's uh, another thirty dollars for charity. Uh, shout oh, out yeah. Sean Spencer and um, the D line. Every every sack, we are going to donate five dollars to their cause. Uh, they're going to get some turkeys and stuff for Thanksgiving for for a local food bank. So um, that'll be awesome. Uh, one thing I noticed is I don't know if he's if he did this before the game or not, but I noticed Shaka Tony's uh, Twitter. Handle is now like SAC, nice. like S-A-C-K, Sack Tony. Kind of like SAC, Shaka. It's funny. I like it. Um, maybe that works better if you see it. But yeah, Shaka Tony is my lion of the week. Moving into the bit of a negative side. Uh, lamb, least valuable player. I think there's probably a couple you can pick from here. Who's uh who's your Lamb this
1: week? I'm going with Brandon Polk, but this could be extended to the majority of our wide receiving core. Um Brandon had the, the two pretty glaring drops, one in the end zone, and that's a big reason that Trace's touchdown streak doesn't get extended. Oh, that, that just Which kills you know, me. A, as um, you know, it just hurts. It doesn't and matter but having does. to settle for three there. Mm-hmm. Which, in, as far as the game goes, could have mattered a ton. Oh, big time. Um, and he had another drop that I, I'm trying to remember the situation, but you know, it was a. I, th- I think it might have been a third down. It would have been a first down. Um, but it, it just seems to be the story of the season. These drops, and by the way, other than that, he had no catches for no yards. Yeah, um, not uh, not exactly lighting it up outside yeah. of that. But it, it just seems to be the story of the season with this Penn State receiving core. We have such good athletes playing wide receiver, but they the drops are so inexcusable. I mean, it, it's great that you guys are phenomenal athletes, but you
0: can't if you're not catching the ball, it doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, that's, that's the job. Receiver. Yeah. Receive the ball, right? So, yeah, that, that was a tough one. The one in the end zone. Um, and, and I think something something around this game, you know, you heard even pregame that the wind was whipping. They couldn't even raise the American flag. Like, these are not, you know, highlight real plays that they're just missing. These are in their hands. Like, this is not anything crazy. So, the one in the end zone killed me. Um, KJ almost made a circus catch to see, He's the that. only wide receiver on the
1: entire team. and I mean, unless you count Fryermuth. Sure. Um, who hasn't been a gigantic
0: disappointment. Yeah, and again, we've mentioned this. Freshman. KJ is a redshirt freshman. Frymouth is a true freshman. Sucks that those are the only two we trust. Um, But that was almost like if his legs are four inches longer, he taps that toe, and we're talking about an excellent play on his end. Um, Jawan looked like he might be back a little bit. He had a nice catch early on. Uh, He had that, what was like a 60-yard catch and run, which was awesome. Amazing. Uh, but he had a drop. I think it was third and eight, third and 10, which same thing. I and mean, it was just and like, again, you just, I, I mean, I want to see Juwan coming into the season. He was a guy that we were worried
1: about leaving for the NFL. Oh, there's no and, chance and, of and that. scouts were projecting him as like a second, third rounder. Yep. Two, two catches like, and this is, it's not like this is a sometimes thing. It's a pretty consistent thing for him
0: Yeah. to have, you know, the Two only, to three catches yeah, a game. Which the, only inconsistent. Inconsistent. the only thing consistent right now is the inconsistency. And it's yeah. like, you know, one catch, it's like, oh, wow, there's Juwan. And that's what he can do. That run, where it was, and it wasn't like a, a super long pass in the air. I think it probably only traveled no, yards eight yards, or something slam. like that. But then he takes off and he's just running down the defense. I was like, this is what I need from this guy. And like I was tweeting, like I said, I was mixing it up on Twitter, just kind of, you know, talking with everybody, having a good time. And uh, somebody tweeted about that. And I said, I was like, Honestly, I think it's a confidence thing with him. Like he's, he's gotta be so in his head at this point. And probably a lot of them do because every week they hear about it. Cause assholes like us talk about the drops, right? Like that's, that's what we're going to do as fans. That's what media is going to do. Um, and I almost feel like it's like, he's just gotta be in his head. Like you get a couple more of those like little short passes that he can take off and run. Maybe the confidence comes back. Like we, we saw that highlight reel play against Ohio state, the one handed leap where it was like, much. we know what this dude is capable of. We know it. Um, but I agree. The, the, the drops were, were ugly. And I mean, this game, I think it extends even past the, the wide receivers. And maybe we'll get into this later, but I'll, I'll preview it now. Uh, the muffed punts, we dropped a couple of them. Uh, Three. Micah Parsons had a chance at a really nice interception that bobbled off his hands and then his head and then his hands. He just wasn't ready for it. No, so but I'm just... just saying it was it was all over the place. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, not not ideal at all. Um, Brandon Polk, you're a lamb this week. Mine. Um, I actually had David Corley on there uh, as the wide receivers coach because I uh, I was going to attribute drops to him just because again it's it's one of those that man I don't know what changed from last year to this year but I know that we lost Josh Gaddis, wide receivers coach uh, I know we lost Hamilton and gaseki but like like you said the talent is there so I almost gave it to David Corley but I'm actually going to go Brent Pry defensive coordinator um, I like Brent Pry. Um, He's won, you know, after Bob Shoup left after the first two years or so, promoted from within. There's been talk about Pry leaving for uh, head coach jobs. It's like lower ones, Georgia Southern or something like that. But he almost left a couple of times. And for the most part, I think he's done a good enough job, right? We've, we've won many more games than we've lost under him. Um, but this game was just, it was just ugly. 554 yards surrendered. 554. That's the most since the Ohio State game two years ago. Um, the, the stat that really killed me and and I can get into this in our bad or ugly a little bit more, but was how effective Indiana was on first down 47% of their total yards came on first down. They had 224 rushing yards, 145 of them on first down. So it's just, it's, it's one of those things as a defensive coordinator, an inferior team, and again, I'm I'm not completely knocking Indiana. I think this is one that people had circled even preseason as like a potential trap game. If we did come into this, you know, undefeated, because mm-hmm. Indiana is not awful. Like they have they have some play and they players. They have a good coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But for me, Brent Pry, you need to be able to make those adjustments early on and shut that down. Like that just can't happen. And when you're working with the more talented team, it's. Uh... <laughs> There's not a lot of excuses for the coach not to make the proper adjustment. Yeah, and if if not for a couple of like key things that went our way that we'll probably get into here in a little bit, like, what did we win by five points? Mm-hmm. Like, man, I, I I don't know. As a defensive coordinator with this team, you've got to be able to you've got to be able to contain at some point. And you're you know if you're listening, if I'm a listener listening to this show, I'm going to say, Chris, you're an idiot. You just gave your lion to a defensive end. And you're giving your lamb to the defensive coordinator. It's I saw a lot of good individual performances. Shaka, Tony, like a lot of good individual performances. Overall, as a defense, though, we just got carved up. And like like oh, I said, yeah. it's it's not it's not how you win games. Like we have a brutal stretch coming up: Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan. You give up 500 yards to those teams, you're you're gonna lose.
1: There, there's a I mean, if I was just like a college football pundit and I wasn't a Penn State fan. I would at best predict Penn state to go one and two during the three game stretch.
0: It's, it's very scary. We came out and we'll, we'll get into this in our preview episode, which we'll actually do this week. Uh, we open up as a four point favorite over Iowa. That scares me. Like that, that scares me. Like,
1: let me tell you something. If that game wasn't at Beaver stadium, we'd probably be a, a one and a half point underdog.
0: Yeah. Especially as, as electric as Kinnick is, um, yeah, I don't like that the spread's that close because I think that, and I, I don't read as much into lines as like what they actually think is going to happen because lines are made to get to make you. That's bet. on both sides, right? But still, I mean, that's not a good look for us. Um, Can I tell you something? I wouldn't bet that line four and a half points. Yeah, I don't know if I could. Uh, and I've been cold, man. I've been cold these last three weeks. Like I'm losing. I can't afford it, man. That's what happens when you bet on one team and they go cold. I know. So you tend to go cold as well. <laughs> and I should spread it out and bet on other teams. It's fun to bet Penn State, of course. Um, so yeah, that's that's my lamb, and and we'll get into some of this other stuff with with the stretch that's upcoming. We'll talk about the Ohio State loss, the should have could have wouldas, which I know you're not supposed to do, but we'll get into it a little bit. But let's let's keep the positivity going. We're getting into our next segment. Uh, we'll talk good, bad, and ugly. So. There was some good in this game, right? We won. That's that's the first thing. We snapped a two-game losing streak. We won. We got some momentum. Uh, what are some things that you saw that were good in this game? Uh, we talked about it
1: briefly, but that, that Juwan Johnson running catch, I love seeing it. First of all, because he caught the ball. Always exciting. Fantastic. Uh, but there's something something he's actually – something else he's been struggling with all season is just getting separation on his routes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we really thought he was going to be such a huge playmaker as being open and getting catches everywhere, and that hasn't been the case. And you, it was great to see on this slant route him, you know, I mean, it's a slant route. He's only going to be so open. But, I mean, that catch and run had a lot to do with the fact that he just created the, those few steps of separation on that route so he could catch, and Trace put it there perfectly, mm-hmm. so he could catch it and just keep running. And the guy behind him just isn't, he's not within arm's rank our arms reach
0: to try and slow him down, right? So Jawan can just keep going. Yeah. It was, it was a really well executed play that, and it's, it's funny because like we harp on that. It's any other team, any other year, even that's just a routine, routine play, right? We've seen KJ do it. We've seen other receivers, but because it's Jawan, because he's had so many struggles, it was just so promising to see that. It was a good sign for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um Okay, I had Tommy time as one of my goods. We already talked about that. Uh, I'm going to say the return game when we catch the ball. Um, so obviously we, we, we'll get to some of those muffed punts. But uh, what was it, the opening kickoff? KJ fumbled it real quick but then took it 50-plus. Um, thought he had a chance to take that one to the house. And then Jonathan Thomas, oh, yeah. uh, fifth-year senior, taking it 94 yards. I don't think he stepped out. Um, Neither do I. I. There was no, like, great replay, which I don't understand. Like, can they review didn't go out of bounds? I don't think they can. I mean, you
1: should be able to. You can review if he did step out. It's one of those, I mean, so it wouldn't have mattered in that situation. But I think it's one of those things where you say, if once they've called it out of bounds, they can't review it because you don't know. Like the, the whistle's been blown, yeah. Uh, so you don't know okay. how the other team actually plays. Now, in that situation, of course, it's yeah, the a no thing there. to say because there's five yards
0: away from the end zone. Right, and there's no one around. But the, I think the tackle. general rule... All so right. Once it's called out of bounds, it's blown dead. Okay, I didn't think about that, but I—I I don't know. It, it just—it happened quick where I didn't even hear the whistle that they called him out. It was just like he scored, and then they were like, "Oh no, just kidding." Well, that's out.
1: that's uh, again, that's one of those situations where they shouldn't call him out, right? And then it should they because they, they
0: can review it. Yeah, that's why you have replay. Like, let the play happen and then call it back if need be. Um, but yeah, really, just really great play. And serious huge. disagreements with the officiating in of this game. Yeah, I mean, I—I I talked about it after Michigan State. Well, uh, I hate. I hate blaming refs, but there's some stuff that's just, it's insane. And, and, I'm, and I'm sure you'll get to that in your next segment. Um, but really cool to see for Jonathan Thomas. Uh, he's a 50 year senior running back who doesn't really play running back a lot. Like, <coughs> he doesn't get his chances. He's a special teams warrior, um, which you need. And, and he talked about it a lot in his, uh, they interviewed him post game and, you know, he said he, he noticed some keys on how many steps the kicker takes as to which side he's gonna kick it to. So like obviously paying attention in the game tape. So he knew they were gonna kick it away from KJ because he's electric. And then shit yeah, just it. took took his opportunity and went yeah, with it, man. Awesome. And yeah, it's really cool to see a guy like that uh get some get some praise. So happy for him. Wish he would have taken it all the way, but Still, I think Trace punched it in the next, the very next play, mm-hmm. um, which in my drunkenness I thought was a two-point conversion and got really excited because <laughs> I thought we scored, and then I thought Trace running it in was for, for two. Um, so that was all good. What
1: else uh, What else you got for good? John Reed, I thought, had a great game. Yeah, I was excited to see it. Um, I thought he actually played decently well against Michigan State, and they sort of got you know swept up in a bad loss. Yes. But I thought he continued that trend to this game, and I, I really thought he was making plays out there. Wasn't getting burned. He didn't see the mental mistakes that we've seen in a couple of the games earlier, and it was nice to see a guy who we were kind of counting on to be the leader of this defensive backfield really step
0: up and and play excited too. He was yeah. he was like foaming at the mouth. Uh-huh. I love seeing it. Yeah, completely agree. And and he's a guy that I have uh, lovingly given some shit over the last couple of weeks and. And same, I, I couldn't quite give him my lion just cause I, you know, it's hard, but there's so something like intangibles, you know, it doesn't jump off the stat sheet, yeah. but he played really well. And, and you know what's cool? I love, I love following along on Twitter. I don't love to live tweet games cause I love just to watch and be in the moment, but I do love seeing some of the um PSU alums and and how they like talk about because they're you know they're boys they're friends mm-hmm. uh so like Dion Barnes uh he was a DN back in the day he tweeted something like "read all the way back and you know some a couple of the older guys even some of the ones in the NFL talking about how it's good to see him back to form so I completely agree I thought thought he played well um towards the end he was kind of in and out it almost looked like he might be banged up a little bit I hope he's okay um but really really good uh I touched on it earlier I think Miles I think Miles is just a stud at this point um not an amazing game by any means, but he had, let's see, what did you have, 72 rushing yards, I think. Sorry, opening my computer. Stand by. 15 carries, 72 yards, averaging just under five. Had a rushing touchdown, and then he had six catches for 54 yards. He, he was our leading receiver in terms of receptions. The next closest was KJ with four. He had six catches. I mean if there's college football, fantasy football, which I actually think there is, and that's just there that's crazy to me. Like there's too many teams. Even if you do just a conference, that's I don't know. Here nor there. If I played college football, fantasy football, I would take miles like yeah. any day. I, I think he's just first round pick. Yeah, he's just he's guaranteed to get you points every game and, and he showed it again. Again, when we talk about guys that are gonna go to the NFL every week, he's he's building his highlight reel. He's building his case to go and, and be one of those guys. So I thought he thought he played really well. Trace had a great day on the ground. Um we'll talk about maybe some of the passing issues, but really good day for him over over 100 yards rushing and two rushing TDs. Um I almost thought uh I think it was his second rushing TD where it was him and Fryer moved and he kind of like jukes the guy. Or actually might have been his first one. Um, I almost thought he might just dump it off to fire move just to keep the record alive, but I know, I he's, he's just too much of a gamer though. Like he's, he's not thinking about that in the moment. No, he, didn't care. he sees the end zone. He's like, fuck it. I'm going to score. So, um, thought he had a good game. And then the last good, unless you have any more, I feel like I'm rattling yep. him off. Last good, uh, Jonathan Sutherland, man. He, uh, ran with a head of steam on that punt and forced that fumble. Um, really just heads up playing. This is what they've always liked about this kid is that he's a downhill runner, Hard hitter, can lay the wood. Um, I feel like I make Marcus Allen references a lot, but kind of similar sense. Like that's what they see him as a safety. Um, and he's going to get his chance to start next week, which, uh, you know, we'll talk about that targeting call in a minute yeah. here. But um, yeah, I thought Jonathan Sullivan played a good game and, and I'm excited to see him develop as a, as a starting safety in the future. Whew. See, there's some good. We, there we can be a little excited, people. We can be excited. It was a shitty, shitty win. If that's a way to say it, we won by five when we were favored by fourteen. So there's also a lot of bad and ugly, and, and we'll get into that next. So um, start me off with with your bad. What do you got? Um, I'm going to go with our
1: defensive line again. Uh, this has been a pretty constant one for me about kind of like the the way they play sometimes, where they get trapped into playing a little too aggressively. And I, I'm going to amend it a little bit that it's it's really our defensive tackles. I think our defensive ends are playing pretty well, and generally it's not as much on the defensive ends to stop the run as it is the tackles. And our our our, our defensive tackles are just getting bodied and manhandled. There's not a lot of depth there. And they're just not showing up, and we're getting carved up by the run. And you're you're not seeing our defensive line react very well to screen passes either. No. Just biting hard on every screen pass that gets thrown. You, you saw glimpses in a few games of our, our defensive line starting to play the run well, where we were disrupting the intended hole, meeting guys at the line. And even when you're not making tackles at the line, slowing running backs down at the line. Yeah, eating space. Yes, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And we did none of that this game. And every single time they ran the ball, it seemed like the, the running back was just through – or Or the quarterback just through to the the you know the second level to the linebackers without having to slow down a bit, and I don't care how good your linebackers are if when that's happening consistently, that other team is gonna put up running yards and they're gonna score touchdowns yeah and
0: and I'm happy you amended that because I was gonna challenge you a little bit. I think our dN's played really well e- Eter gross Matos leads the team in tackles with ten tackles. Yeah, two of he them played awesome. sacks, like six total. He played really, really well. Uh, Shaka Tony, six total tackles, four of them for sacks in very limited time. Like, I, I think the DNs play really well and, and kind of get lumped into that. Just, I get it. It's a team effort, whatever. But you kind of said something that really scares me. It's about we're, we're not very deep at defensive tackles. So our, our starters, Rob Windsor and Kevin Givens, Windsor, two tackles. Uh, one of them is for a loss. It's pretty nice. Kevin Gibbons, zero tackles. Um, did he play most of the game? Like, I, I think he was in there. I don't think he came out. Mm-hmm. That's not what you want out of your starting two tackles. Uh, some of the backups, P.J. Mustapher, true freshman, one. Antonio Shelton, I think redshirt freshman, one. Um, just just not a lot of production. And, and like you said, if, if we were, if we were you know, cloudying up the holes, letting the linebackers come and make the hit, it's a different story. But – that's not happening. So that's really scary for defensive tackles. And I mistakenly said, I think, on one of our last episodes that Antonio Shelton got hurt. It wasn't Antonio Shelton. It's Fred Hansard in the Michigan State game. He's a guy that we had a lot of hopes for in that rotation. He's out for the year. Um, Antonio Shelton actually wore his number this week. Something guys do a lot. I don't know. Like I, I like it, but I feel like it happens like all the time.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's a
0: weird tangent. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, defensive tackle depth is, you know, that's why C.J. <clears throat> Thorpe has flipped over. You're going to see more of P.J. Mustafar, true freshman. And you're going to see some of these guys that just don't have a lot of experience getting in there. Um, linebackers I'm conflicted on because obviously the stats are showing us that they're not great in run coverage because we're getting run all over. But... I don't know. I could look at the stack sheet. Cam Brown is their you know, fourth, fifth leading tackler. Micah Parsons had a decent day outside that drop that I don't care if it wasn't his fault. I really wanted him to come up with. Um Jan Johnson a little quiet, but but I, I don't know. Like I don't know where the blame falls, and that's why I gave my line to Grant Pry because like something's gotta give, like something has to be figured out because we have guys who are playing well. We have individuals who are playing really, really well, but then we're getting torched for five hundred yards. It's yeah. So, something is – something's
1: missing. So to me – and don't get me wrong. I'm not a, some kind of defensive guru. Yeah, Just me neither. From when I watch the game, mm-hmm. I generally like the way our linebackers play. And that's and, what I mean. Yeah. And when we get torched for by by the run game, which is usually where it happens, mm-hmm. uh, our our run defense I think has been the Achilles heel of the defense. And this is not the first game that's happened. Cause it, Illinois did it for almost three quarters. Oh, big time. Um Appalachian State ran pretty well against us. I, you know, I, I, I think it mostly comes down to nobody meets these guys in the line. Yeah. They don't have to make cuts. They don't have to change direction. They don't have to slow down. They, they go through our, our our defensive tackles at full speed. Yeah. There, there were plenty. Of That's a big for... deal. Huge. I don't care who your linebackers are. When every single time, almost every time a running back is handed the ball, they don't have to slow down, change directions, uh, look for a different hole, you know, cause any sort of hesitation that gives you, give your linebackers a moment to read and react to them,
0: there's not a whole lot that that is gonna go well for you. Yeah, there were plenty of plays where it looked like we made a decent play. Like, okay, we, we met the dude somewhat close to the line, wrapped him up, but then you look up you're like, shit, that was four or five yards. Like it, it, it's effortless in a way that to us what looks like a good play is actually a four or five yard game and Guess what? If you get four yards on every play. You're moving the chains. Yeah, yes, it's first down. Um, but I mean, that's that's
1: as well outside of like an extremely well read play. That is all a linebacker can really do when the running back isn't getting slowed down before they hit the line of scrimmage.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, so, Brent Pry, I need you to figure this out because, uh, like I said, we're, we're Kevin gonna... Kevin and Robert Windsor. I need you guys to figure it out too. Yeah, yeah. Being negative, um, let's, let's get a little positive spin there. The linebackers, as we talked about, our boy Jan Johnson on full scholarship. Yes. I don't know if you heard that. Man. Um, man who, little, who, I, who I doubted hard, yes, very hard, hard, uh, and now I love him. Had more wrestling victories than starts and or tackles or whatever we said, and now he's like our starting middle linebacker. Um, which is crazy to think the last two years, like our, I our know, starting that he would be our starting middle linebacker. Yeah, midway, middle, I'll Micah. Um, was playing well in his position, but yeah, Jan Johnson and what was it, Brandon Smith last year, yeah. walk-ons that eventually earned scholarships. Uh, didn't and see any Jan cool Johnson's videos. He's a real leader. In this defense, too. Yeah, he has. He he plays he plays his part very well. Um, didn't see a cool video of Franklin giving him the scholarship. Well, I don't know if you but heard the story those. of it. No, I didn't. Please so he
1: Franklin didn't plan on giving it to him. No, he was going to wait till after this game because I think he didn't want to do it after a loss, and he was. They were in a team meeting, and he just kind of got fired up talking about Jan Johnson. I was like, "Hey, he's on full scholarship! Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> I need that video." I need that so video. I don't think so bad. I don't think anyone was videoing. Yeah. You no, know, no one expected it to
0: happen. You don't think they just video their practices or their team meetings? Yeah, maybe because? I don't know. Well, be better, James Franklin. I need that shit. You got uh, excited. That's awesome. I, if that's the story, I love it, and I can live without the video because I think Jan deserves it. <laughs> um, other things in the bad. Um, we talked about it already. No trace passing touchdown. I thought the past game was just a little ugly in general. Uh, 220 yards. Trace has yet to throw over 300 in a game this season. Uh, and again, it's it's tough because I don't like fully blame him. There were a couple early on in this game where he overshot the guys. There's probably two or three that he would have had a chance. And I don't know. It's it's almost like the drops and the inability of the wide receivers to like get open for him. I almost I almost forgiving. Yeah, he's trying. He's trying to make it happen, which Maybe he's oblivious. Maybe it's naive, but that's how I feel. And I think what what makes it so easy to like forgive any of his shortcomings is he's so like vocally self critical. When they asked him like about the drops, his first answer was, "Man, if I'm if I'm throwing a bad ball, I don't want them to stop trusting me. You know, I, I want to throw it right on the money. I want to make sure they have a chance." It's like, dude, you're, you're throwing good balls. Like these people are just dropping it. Um, but you know, he takes that he takes that on the chin and just kind of goes with it. So. Um, not the best passing day, uh, for him, he, or 19 of 36 for 220. Um, but he's my guy. He, you know, what's crazy, he's still like the fifth best odds to win the Heisen, and he has no chance. Yeah, wow, well, isn't that insane? But that's that's he's like, just, he hasn't real been like a real elite passer this season. No, though. he's had moments where he's you know made some big throws, of course. I mean, he's killing it with his legs, he's probably in the top like 20 in rushing, yeah, of all players. Um, Two is going to run away with it unless he gets hurt. That, that's going to happen. But I, I don't know. I, I, there was an article on, I think it was Center Daily Times about like why his Heisman trophy odds continue to stay up there. Um, even though some are. And I think it's just, it's, we still have three top 20 teams that we're about to play in a row. And if he balls out, he's not going to win, but yeah. Yeah, he could be a finalist. You know, that's, that's how college football goes. It's not about. It's not about stats, right? It's, if, if it was, Saquon would have won, you oh, know, exactly. whatever. Well, maybe no, because Baker had better stats. But if it was just about stats, Christian McCaffrey would have won. True, true. Yeah, I, I contradicted myself on there. My bad. But you know what I mean. It's 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 about the the presence. And you know, if you're on a high profile team and you have yeah. chances, you're you're gonna be there. So that was a bad, and then uh, I think this one hovers between bad and ugly, and we're we're running on time already. We're at 35 minutes here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this one up for debate. Let's talk about the targeting call. Garbage. Garrett Taylor makes what I think is a very questionable call on the officials' part. Horrible call. Okay. Yeah. It was fucking brutal. Like, I am, let me preface, and I I, I hate that we even have to say this, but we as a podcast are pro player safety. We're going to put that out there. We care about the players. We don't want anybody getting CTD. That was absolute bullshit. That was terrible. First (laughs) of all,
1: um he hit him with the side of his helmet even the announcers even the, like the the commentators in the game saw a definitive angle that Garrett Terrell turns his head and doesn't hit the crown of the helmet yep secondly he didn't launch himself into that guy either he basically stood there and braced himself for impact yep third the other the quarterback was the one who lowered his head causing the helmet to helmet collision to happen that's it's a ridiculous call It's a ridiculous call. It's horrible. And whoever made that call should also be suspended next week. Thank you. The official who made that call has to be suspended next week without pay. That's what has to happen. There will be accountability to these officials in this game. Let's go. I I I sincerely believe this. Tell me how you really feel. when When your mistakes have ramifications that affect players and outcomes of games, you should have to share that. And and your bad call results in somebody's suspension. Guess what? You should get suspended. And there, there should also be an appeal process to, to appeal this call.
0: Yes, 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 yes. And yes, I think I, on, on all of your points. Like um, I, I, I wish I could
1: enter some kind of complaint to the Big Ten to have this official suspended. Yeah, you want to you
0: start like a, a GoFundMe or just a Twitter petition? I'm yeah, down with it. I, yeah, 100%. Yeah, this is, uh, Change.org. <laughs> <laughs> this is my uh, Michael Scott thank you gif moment. Like, I saw so many people on Twitter. A good amount agree that it's a bad call, but so many people just coming in to be like just the the warriors for safety of, well, it doesn't matter. He could have hurt his neck. Then don't lower your head. Yeah. You're running. You that's run, not you're Garrett Taylor's carrier. fault. No, you're not defenseless. You're running with the ball. Like, it's not like you just turned around from a catch. It's not like you just came out of a move. Like, you are running with the ball. You duck your head trying to get extra yards. Bro, that's on you. Like, And by the way, we've actually seen
1: Garrett Taylor, like, consciously mm-hmm. not hit guys in the head. He did it earlier in the game. Yeah. Didn't hit a guy in the head who would have been a defensive receiver and lowered
0: his body enough to get him in the body. Yeah, and like you said, it, it was with the side of his head because I think he was like genuinely trying to turn away from it. Like, yeah, it's a bang bang play. you there, he didn't launch himself in, no. into the quarterback at all, not even a minute. Um, they basically fell into him. Yeah, so I fully agree with you. There's got to be accountability Ridiculous. on the refs, and I mean, you see this in the NFL this year that yeah. the, the calls of even just roughing the passer are absurd. Like, they say, How are you supposed to hit someone? You can't hit them high, you can't hit them low. What are you supposed to do? Um, I, I think the accountability is huge because. Not only does Garrett Taylor lose the rest of that game, he's going to miss the first half of the Iowa game. Like that is a big, a big deal, deal, right? And, and again, like I said, I'm happy to see John Sutherland get some get some playing time, but it shouldn't be like that. Um, I think you should absolutely be able to appeal on it. And if at least, listen, you have to kick him out for this half of this game. Sure. Appeal it. Let him come back. Like yeah. it was so blatantly obvious. I just, I don't get it. I think it's the pressure of, you know, whether it be, the league itself, you know, the fans, the parents. Yeah, it's bad for the brand. It is. It's, it's one of those things where refs refs feel like if they don't call <clears> it, they're going to get you know bastardized or whatever. But it's you got to have some accountability, man. It was uh, reminded me of when you were given that rant, which was fantastic, by the way. Um, Angel you. Hernandez, MLB umpire. Oh,
1: that's another
0: bitch. It was a Yankees Red Sox game. He had, I think, five calls just, at first base, three them of them overturned. How are you still a professional umpire? And, like, he's, and
1: he's suing Major League Baseball, too. For what? Because they didn't include him in postseason like two years ago. Oh, my God. I mean, this is a well, thing where... this is where, not, angel.
0: Yeah, and, and this is a thing where... I mean, you can talk about it the professional level. You can talk about anywhere. Referees, umpires, like, there's never any repercussions. There's like, no accountability to how bad they are. And especially in college, like... This is a conversation for another time, so I'm not going to get too deep into it, but kids don't get paid, right? These are amateur athletes. You're get, maybe not getting paid much, but you are getting paid to do a job. This kid's going to have to get, you know, sitting out for a full game in essence, right? Half of this, half of that. If this kid's a senior trying to go to the NFL, sure, two halves of a game isn't going to change his draft stock, but shit, it might. It's not going to help. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That, that just really but Do you know really how overanalyzed
1: like, things get after the nitty gritty when it comes down to the draft? And when you go, oh, man, you know, this kid had five more tackles than the
0: other kid. Well, that can happen in a half of football. Shit, and now with the way that the NFL is getting penalized, I'm sure that's something that NFL coaches and recruiters are going to look at is these guys have gotten called for targeting before. Like, is that a tendency? Is that a habit? And I think if you took more than three seconds to look at Garrett Taylor, you would know that's not the case. But still, it's just to your original point, bullshit that refs don't have any sort of accountability and, and probably won't because, again, they're looking out for player safety. Ugh, safety. Bullshit. Uh, Garrett Taylor, we love you. You've been an absolute star in this defense Man. this year. Uh, can't wait to see you come out in the second half of this Iowa game. with Chared up. Fists of fury. Um, all right, rest of the ugly. What else you got for uh, for ugly? I talked about muffed punts earlier. I think that was just gross. And yeah.
1: Yes, lot to be set there. No,
0: the wind plays a factor. Yes, but but I liked KJ's post game comments too. He said he's like, yeah, it was a little windy, but if it hits my hands, I got to catch the ball. He's like, I need more time on the jugs machines. Thank you, KJ. Love it. Um, I think they all do. What else you got for ugly? Our offensive line. Thank I you.
1: Pretty horrible. Um, so Trace had got flushed out of the pocket on a three man rush on one play. That's so so
0: embarrassing. How many how many offensive linemen do we have? Five. Five. Yeah, um, five on the line against then, three. That's an advantage for us. It should be nearly had a punt blocked. Um, you saw,
1: I um, Indiana pull one stunt play where they were in the backfield. Incredibly, like within half a second, they were in the backfield. We couldn't pick up blitzes. Um, we had a big sack that set up a third and nineteen, and then that interception off the uh, the tip pass. Yep. Um, and then there was one play where the defensive lineman was in the backfield so fast on a run play that he almost took the handoff from Miles Sanders. He he hit, like, Miles and
0: Trace simultaneously, basically, because he couldn't decide who had the ball. It's one of those ones that always, like, impresses you if it's not against your team. But as soon as it is, you're like, what the hell, man?
1: And, and then at the end of the second quarter,
0: um, when we're,
1: you know, it's still kind of a close game and you'd like to punch in for one more score... Third down, and Trace gets sacked before he even has a chance to look at a receiver. Yeah. And then we have to punt the ball away. I mean, the offensive line did a horrendous job this game. It yeah. Was, it was really embarrassing.
0: It, it, it is. And I, I had that. Against a team that, that were better than, too. Yes. And I had that on my list as well. Uh, Indiana had six tackles for loss, three sacks. Is, three sacks. Is, Jesus. Three sacks. Um, and to
1: be honest, those stats downplay how,
0: how yes. better they did than our and, offensive and line. And it's because Trace can make things happen. That's I mean, again, he had 100 yards rushing. Not a lot of those are designed runs. Those are him because he just has to run. Um, My take, my bold prediction from preseason was that we were going to have three all Big Ten linemen, offensive linemen. I mean, I'm going to submit myself to old takes exposed. That's just, I I mean, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, Um, we might have none. Will Fries, who has been our starting right tackle, starting to see some rotation. Uh, Chaz Wright is back in. He hasn't, Chaz Wright hasn't really played in significant time, since I think it was the second game of the season when Fries took over as the starter. Now, who knows? Well, Fries has not looked good. He hasn't been. Um, Bates, I still think, is great. Our, our left tackle, I still think he's an NFL talent. Um, Mike Mennett, center, ha- has played okay. I-, I think he's got a lot of potential in the future. Connor McGovern is another one that I thought could go NFL after this year. I, I don't think so. I think he'll come back. I think the biggest two disappointments have been Fries and McGovern. Yeah, cause McGovern is, is so talented. And I, like, as our center last year, he played so well. Um, so yeah, O line was ugly for me. Uh, a couple others. I almost want to say special teams as a whole. Cause like I said, I talked about the, the muffed punts. Uh, another onside kick that we couldn't recover that almost blew the game. I mean, we're up five points and they're onside kicking to try to have a chance to win it. And I mean, I, I don't understand why we called a timeout the first time. So they're, going, they're lining up, Franklin calls the timeout, and then they kick it again, and it goes off Nick Scott's hands. Um, I, I don't know what to make of that. It was, just, it was ugly. Uh, that's our third one of the season now that we've lost. One was by surprise, which, okay, chalk it up to, hey, it happens. The other two, we just can't recover an onside kick. Um, and then lastly on special teams, our fake punt we're so. Oh, ugly. that was the other thing. So, on, so ugly. On the
1: fake punt, that actually could have worked. I love the call. I love and the call. The did you execution, see the blown pl- block. <laughs> there was one guy. One guy there, and our lineman just whiffs.
0: Just whiffs so badly, he doesn't even slow the defensive player down. Nope. Blake Gilligan. Um, who I actually I, – I really love Blake Gilligan. he, had, he oh, had Do one, you know how hard that is
1: to miss a block so badly <laughs> that it doesn't even slow the defensive player down enough
0: that the the ball carrier can, like, make a move? Yeah, it's, it's impressive in a bad way. Um, I like Blake Gillikin. I think he's done a good enough job punting. Like, I'm not an expert. He had one really bad one uh, in this game. It was, like, a yeah. 20-something. I don't know if he shanked it or if he win. He's a, he's a good punter. In Franklin's comments, he talked about how Blake is struggling and how we thought punting was gonna be a strength and it just hasn't been. Like I don't know if I'm missing something or if Franklin's I mean, I've just, seen other other than this one, I've seen maybe two bad yeah. punts all season. I, I thought he's doing okay, but either here nor there. The the fake, I love the call. I love the ballsiness because it, it was in a spot where hey, if you pick that up, that's that's a momentum changer. And again, the look wasn't bad. Um he actually, it looked, looked like he actually had a ton of room straight up the middle, but ran left right into a wall of, of Indiana defenders. Um, so that was kind of ugly. But at, all in all, it's an ugly win. When you are 14-point favorites coming off of two brutal losses, playing angry, you should just absolutely dominate. And, and we didn't. So um, a couple other last things to talk about. Do you have any other uglies?
1: No, that's it
0: couple, a couple of things to rattle off uh, five for 15 on third downs this game. So now we are at 36.84% on the season. Um, I, I didn't get a chance to look up like where, you know, the rest of the big 10 teams, the rest of the top 25 teams lie. That seems low it's 37%. Right. Like I'm not saying you necessarily need to be over 50, over 60, over 70. That doesn't happen, but seems low. Um, so that's kind of ugly there. Uh, Jawan and DeAndre are both a little bit banged up. So Jawan did not play in the second half. Uh, It was, uh, I think maybe after his long run, he kind of like twisted ankle or something. Tried to play one more play. He went out just to block and you could tell he just couldn't put any weight on it. Uh, DeAndre, I don't think played the second half. So I think maybe they're they're both listed as starters on the depth chart, but I think maybe we're going to start seeing some of these freshmen. Um, Jahan Dotson first catch this game. Daniel George played this game. Where the hell is Justin Shorter? I was going to ask you the same thing. I don't understand. He was dressed for this game, has been for a lot of them. He's still only played in one. So it's not like we're trying to preserve his eligibility. He's still got three games. Unless they think like they need him in these big games, which is contrary to everything I've heard. Um, Considering they haven't used him. Right. uh, In two of the pretty big ones. Exactly. Everything I've heard is, you know, you know, he's just not there yet. And he came in battling an injury. Yeah, of course. But um, that just kills me. And, the other one, this game is no Ricky Slade, if you noticed. So yeah. there's a there's a big time rumor mill, and that's
1: with uh, what's his name being hurt
0: too. Mark Ooh. Allen, yeah, yeah. Mark Allen's out for the year, has been. As I'm saying, um, Ricky Slade, I believe, has already burned his red shirt. So to see Ricky Slade get no carries with the running back who was normally behind him, mm-hmm. not even playing, and even more so. So this is this is one. There's there's big rumor mills going on on Twitter. So. Some of it initially says, "Well, Miles Sanders was was just the guy, and unless we got a big old lead, they weren't going to use Ricky at all." Which kind of happened in the Ohio State game, yeah. which is fine. Um, Ricky was dressed, participated in warmups, but there's a lot of rumors, and, and I hate I hate feeding into the rumor mill. But a lot of rumors that he was actually suspended for a violation of team rules. Interesting. There was one tweet that has absolutely no credibility, so I hate that I'm even saying this out loud. But there was one tweet that said he was kicked off the program. I yeah. don't don't believe that. Of course, he was there. He was dressed. You're an idiot. But um, some of the Penn State insiders that I follow say that he's, he's got some problems that he's working through right now. Uh, and he even tweeted, like, you guys don't know about my situation, so stop talking about it. Clearly, there's something happening, whether it's a one-time thing or it's something that we're going to hear about more. I have no idea. Um, but I really hope we see him back on the field. Pretty yeah, soon. I, I hope he's okay. And uh, you
1: do have to remember, this kid's here for school, too. Mm-hmm. Um not everybody goes to the NFL, of course, you know, would it be great to see Slade like, go to the NFL? Of course. And he is that talented and I hope he does, but he's, he's also there as a student. Um, and I'm sure his parents care about that quite a bit. Yeah. So if if he's, I mean, I remember I, I didn't do all that well my first semester of college and to try and have, you know, gone in and be on the football team, <laughs> I'm sure it would have been a lot worse. Yeah. Um, in, we, we got to make sure that he's doing okay as a kid yeah as, in as, school, as, as a person. in
0: personal life of course Bef- and Franklin, Before he's doing okay as a player yeah and Franklin is always very strict on that so if there was any suspension for a violation of team rules'm I'm, I'm sure it was something that went wrong and then he's being held accountable for it so yeah, be- best of luck to you whatever's going on yep. Ricky hope everything's okay
1: um you know if it's just if it's not a serious personal issue I hope we see some improvement
0: out of you soon and see you back on the field because I know that's where you want to be. Exactly. And again, please, please, please take this with a grain of salt. This is all speculative, all rumors. If something is actually out there, I'm sure we'll hear about it. All right. That's it for the game. Um, We skipped this last week, so we're going to do it this week. We got about 10 minutes left. We give out some Big Ten awards. So Mm -hmm. there's a Big Ten baller of the week and a Big Ten bozo. Um, Big Ten baller, I, I think I know who you're going with, but Hit me. Who's your Big Ten baller of the week? Mine's Shaka Tony. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Who'd you okay. think I was going with? I, David Blau. I was going to do any one of the Purdue spoiler makers. But yeah,
1: I'm going with uh, Shaka Tony, man. My God, I, I thought he was fucking awesome, and I—that's why I didn't make him my lion. Okay. Um, Fair enough. I, I, I figured, figured even though that you did, I, I, <laughs> I was going to do it
0: this one. I mean, just fucking what a what a performance! Dominant, absolutely dominant. Um, yeah, I think he deserves it absolutely. Uh, for me, I, I don't know if I have a particular guy on Purdue, but Blau had a really good game. Rondell Moore had a really good game. Um, you know what's crazy? I didn't see Rondell Moore. I didn't see how highly recruited he was. Did you see that video? Um no. So it's his video of him picking the team. And the hats he has on the table. You know how like high schoolers when yeah, they yeah. pick their team that they're going to go to or pick their school, rather? The hats on the table were like Alabama, Ohio State, and Purdue. And like he picks up the Ohio State hat, puts it down, and then what goes an spoiler up. Right? Like what an upset. I don't really want to be an engineer. Yeah, I mean he's a four star receiver. Obviously he's lighting it up. Uh he had two rushes for twenty four yards. He had twelve catches for a hundred and seventy and two touchdowns. Rondale Moore, you are my big ten baller oh. of the week. Um yeah, spoiler makers, man. They uh they did the deed forty nine to twenty against Ohio State. Uh, Big Ten Bozo of the week, and then we'll talk about uh, kind of just Big Ten implications from that game. Mine actually might be the same as yours. His name Devin Bush. Devin Bush. It's the only answer.
1: Devin Bush going out stomping on the Sparty logo and then getting injured on the first play
0: of the game. Bozo. Can I
1: tell you something? I
0: never, never wish harm on someone. I was kind of happy that he got hurt. It's karma. You deserve karma. You deserve that instant karma.
1: And Um, it wasn't like it was a dirty play by Michigan State to go out there and hurt him, but when you go out there. And like disrespect something like that, but also just like what a fucking loser move in general. Yeah, you're a bozo. That's the only thing. Kick up the fucking.
0: Do you really? Do you
1: really think you're going to kick up the whole thing too? Yeah, (laughs) and like, what what do you think Michigan State's going to be like?
0: Oh man, look at that. We should be scared. Yeah, no, they're looking at you and they're laughing. Fucking loser. They're laughing at you like an idiot. Um, Yeah, there were some like some some. Uh, you know, kind of, like, little confrontations before the game. Uh, Michigan State, I don't know if this is, like, their thing. Did you see they walk, like, arm in arm all together to the middle of the field? Yeah. And Devin Bush is just standing there like an idiot. Um, so, yeah, never wish harm on someone. Never want anyone to be seriously hurt. And he's not, which kind of makes it easier for us to laugh at because it's not a serious injury. But you're a bozo, dude. Like, yeah. that was just it, – it honestly surprised me that Harbaugh didn't sit him for a bit. Like – That doesn't
1: mean I I think
0: I think Harbaugh loves that stuff. Yeah, but think about it. If that's one of our players, do you think Franklin lets him start that game? No, I think you're. I I mean, Franklin's better guy than Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah, very true. I mean, uh, I don't disagree with you there. But hey, if that's a Nick Saban, is that guy starting the game? No chance. Like, I'm not saying you're going to suspend him for the game, even a half. But you make the kids sit out a series or two. Like, hey, that's not okay. We're better than that. So, yeah, you're a bozo. There's no one else that I could even come close to. all right, a couple other Big Ten things just to talk about. Uh, in that game, Dwayne Haskins threw the ball 73 times. Isn't that insane? How many completions do you have? Know? 49 for 73. 49 of 73 for 470 yards. Jesus. And they just got, like, and they got shit pumped. He didn't look that good for no. most of the game. No, not at all. That's He had a saying, couple though. big
1: throws later in the game, but, like, for most of the game, he really didn't look that good. But that's what's so
0: surprising is you throw that many times for that many yards, two touchdowns, and those what happened 20 when points. You're down by 20 the whole game. True. Um, So let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, I tweeted this. I know that we're not allowed to play the shoulda, coulda, woulda game. And I I don't like living in the past. But you have to take a look at this. Ohio State, number two, goes down and goes down big. They dropped to, like, number 11, I think. Number 12, maybe, in the AP. Um, If we just beat Michigan State, we are at worst. Number six? Number seven? Because if we beat Michigan State, it's narrowly And then if we come into this game and win how we did, it's narrowly. I don't think we deserve to be like a top five team, but man, what could have been? Yeah, uh, it's just it's frustrating. And I tweeted out like
1: watching Ohio State lose like that made me so sad,
0: so happy, and so sad for what could have been. Yeah, it's it's one of those moments where you're like, and again, it's it's you know Ohio State is is a bit of a rival for us. I know we're not you know Ohio State Michigan, but it's it's a team we have history. We're not their rival. It is a rivalry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to say it. So, yeah, you'd love seeing them. And fall I think Ohio State fans would accept that. Yeah, right? definitely. It's a rivalry. We are not their rivalry. Yes. Within the last several years, it's been a rivalry. Um, so you'd love seeing that fall from grace. You'd love seeing them kind of, you know, really just plummet. Um, if we just beat Michigan State, we're up there. With Michigan, because Michigan is number five, I think, right now. So you've got us and Michigan, and hopefully we beat Iowa You know these games, possibly a top 10 showdown coming again. Like the what ifs are crazy. And again, I'm not going to live in the past. You can't do it. Um, everyone today, uh, today's October 22nd. So everyone is tweeting, uh, two years ago today was the block and return, which I love. But guys, it was two years ago. <laughs> like we've lost two games to them since. Yeah. You know, let's, let's move on a little bit. Then it's a little sad. It's very sad. And it's, it's one of those like, Hey, take me back. Cause that was really great. Um, but, yeah, rest of the season for us is is still the same mission. Try to go 10-2, and two, get into a great bowl game, and continue on the years of overall success. We're not going to the playoff. We're probably not going to go to, like, the best of bowls, but we got a really tough three-game stretch here. Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan. Uh, is it that order? I know we have Iowa first. I don't know. I think know. it's Iowa, Michigan, Wisconsin. Yeah, because we're home for Iowa, then we go to Michigan, and then home for Wisconsin. That one worries me. That's yeah yes yeah so we will get into a little bit more of that in our next preview uh, later this week we will preview the Iowa game probably talk a little bit about Michigan and Wisconsin and some of their high powered offenses that we might have to worry about uh, but for now we are five and two uh, we are one game away from being bowl eligible if you're ever scared about it I'm kidding please please don't take that seriously uh, and, and we are on the upswing so gotta gotta take Iowa gotta put them away gotta win big I can't have another nail bite I just, I can't. It's like every single game, I'm holding my breath to complete passes, to get first downs. It's just, it's. Yeah. I, I well, need, I I'll need tell you what, good.
1: though. This, this is a game that I'm okay with winning as a nail biter. Not, not Indiana. Sure. I, sure. Indiana shouldn't be a nail biter as a win. Iowa, especially the way they've played, that's an appropriate nail biter win.
0: Yeah, fair, but still. Like if I don't need that stress if, in my life. If though. we're a great team, if we're an elite team, which. Let's be honest, we don't look like right now. Let's go out and fucking win big. I just, I need one to feel it great. It would be
1: really, really nice to watch us win cleanly and convincingly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. And I
1: think it would go a long way for the team's confidence.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This could be, you know, a turning point to finish the season strong, to get momentum into the postseason, to get momentum into next year. Um, still believe in this team, still loving this team, as always. Good to get a win. Let's go fucking crush them next week. Pat, any last words? Let's keep the faith, guys. Let's keep the faith. Oh, I'm sorry. Last words. I almost forgot because normally you say it in the last words. Penn State wrestling. David oh, Taylor. I got, I got so upset. Go. With my you got about All three
1: right. minutes. Go. My man, David motherfucking Taylor, is a world champion. The magic man, baby. I, I told you guys earlier this season, David Taylor is going to be a multiple-time world and Olympic champion. He is one step closer to that today. You didn't just and tell him. You guaranteed it. I guaranteed it. And by the way, he won in dominant fashion on his run to the world title. Had a tough – his draw for this first match of the world championships for open opening match was against the defending world and Olympic champion. Damn. And he, and he gassed him out and beat him by like five points. And then I think Tech, his next two opponents – I saw in the semis he, he was down and came back. He, he was down and I think came back and won 75. Yep. His match before that, Tech, the guy 10 to nothing. And then in the finals, in the world finals, won by technical fall, 12 to 2. The man is, is just a – he is the magic man. He is the magic man.
0: He is one of the best. He's the best in the world. I'm telling you. He's a world champion. He's a world champion. It's absolutely amazing. I know nothing about wrestling, and I was so jacked up following that on my computer. David Taylor, I, I, I love you, man. I love you. And I'm so excited
1: about this. So pumped. Way to show the world what you're made of um, just and, and just represent as an American, as a Penn Stater, and as yourself. So proud of you, man. And some more... Uh, Potentially exciting news in the wrestling world: the only two weight classes that didn't have guys eligible for a medal, like didn't have a guy at least in the third place match, are two weights where Penn, Penn Staters are going to be very relevant. In, in the Ooh, future. okay. So ne- next year's world team could
0: f- feature three Penn Staters. That's absolutely incredible. Uh, echo every sentiment, David Taylor. Uh, so fucking proud. Uh, check out our Instagram. That picture of him in the USA singlet with a USA flag draped over his shoulders is just fucking beautiful. Uh, David, if you're listening, open invite to come on the podcast. We would love to chat oh, with you. Yeah. We would love to chat with you. Way to represent Penn State, USA, PSU football. Let's do the same next week. We are.